This is Principles of Passion, episode number 16. God, it does the time fly when you're having fun. Uh, first off, as always, I want to thank Dominic for being an awesome How is host. everyone? Um, I want to thank my two special guests, Chris Murphy, Cuzzo. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Cuz. And then Jordan Higgs, longtime friend as well. What's going on, man? So as you guys know, we're always trying to bring people on that have overcome adversity while following their passion. Um, I think that a big challenge in today's society is we kind of live in, as Gary Vee calls it, this microwave state where everyone um, thinks that they can get something easy, right? There's, there's all the glamour, all the media hype. And so what we want to do is have people on that have the glamour, but they grinded to get to that or are following the passion, trying to get the glamour, but they grinded to get to that. And that's not easy. Uh, and I think it's really about hearing from people that you can relate to that have gone through that adversity and overcome those challenges and barriers. So, again, I appreciate both of you coming on. Um, and then also a big uh, thank you to Kush and Anna who are in the background. Thank you guys as always. And then we have a few guests. Hey, yo. Thank you all for coming in. We appreciate it. So let's start off with this quote. Um, Unfortunately, there seems to be far more opportunity out there than ability. We should remember that good fortune often happens when opportunity meets with preparation. Right? And that's a quote by Thomas Edison. And the show today is on that, on preparation. And being that there's a lot of preparation that goes into cooking, I thought it would be good to bring on two chefs in their own right that do a lot of food preparation. Uh, Chris, with the restaurant that he's running now, the restaurant that he's opening as well. Mm -hmm. And then Jordan recently started his own business uh, of food preparation, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let me start... um, with Chris, why don't you tell me a little bit about just kind of your story, how we know each other, and like kind of what you do. Well, I grew up in Oak Park, right next door to each other. That's how we're very close, call each other cousins. Uh, grew up in Oak Park. Father started the, my father started the first uh, restaurant in Oak Park called Philander, or first it was Murphy's Off the Mall. He had the first liquor license called Philander's, and that was in the Carlton Hotel, so we found a loophole. Uh, so we had the first liquor license at Oak Park. First uh, liquor license in Oak Park, and, uh, and so he kind of took it from there. So my family background would be restaurants, you know. Yep. And so I kinda, it was only fitting, you know, upon graduating high school that, uh, <clears throat> you know, I had a son when I was 18, right when I got out of high school. So it was only fitting that, you know, I have to pay the bills, you know, 
So I went to go work in restaurants. So everybody would think I'd go work for my dad, which I didn't because, you know, well, you know, it's just kind of being kind of stubborn. And uh, so I went and worked at Winberry's in Oak Park. Now, Winberry's was a great restaurant to work at. That was my first experience serving tables there because it's a corporate restaurant. It was run by Gary Nebbiolo, great restaurant manager. Like, if I opened a restaurant, like, you know, big restaurant, I'd have him run it in a second. You know, nice. He's great. Yeah, you know? yeah. So a lot of good experience, you know, just working through the corporate, that corporate restaurant for a few years, kind of like just getting the gist of, you know, the systematic way of doing things. Sure. Know? And so, uh, so just kind of traveled around. Uh, then I went out to Oak Brook, worked for Braxton Seafood Grill for about six years, no, another corporate restaurant, yeah. you know, which when you work for corporate in the restaurants, like restaurant industry, like they re like really have it down to almost like a science, right. you know? Right. And so it's really good to get good experience early there because, you know, that kind of sets your path to how you're going to do things later at different places, you know? Right. They might not be as well structured, you know? So sure. at least your own training is structured, right. you know? So from Braxton, I, uh, they actually closed down, and they had a sister restaurant called Devon's Seafood Grill, which is on uh, Chicago and Wabash. Gotcha. Transferred there, started kind of networking, you know, meeting a lot of industry people. And uh, before you know it, I was at Z451 down the street. A lot busier place, really good place to go to. Uh, and so I was there, you know, kind of learning how to make those style of drinks. I'm more of like a, I want to say more bar chef than an actual food chef, like Jordan is here, but... Uh, but yeah, I got a lot of experience just working throughout the cities at 451. After there, I went to uh, Untitled on uh, Clark and Kinsey. Had some good times there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I still go there and have some good times. Yeah, I worked with a lot of great people. It was yeah. just a really yeah. good time. Learned a whole lot about cocktails. Like, my picked my cocktail game up, like, like by five. You know, it was, like, crazy. Sure. Crazy. Sure. And, uh, and so I did that. You know, that's where I met my beautiful wife, Jacqueline. I'm sure she's listening right Jacqueline, now. Jacqueline, what up? Uh, yeah, so I met her and kind of, you know, never thought I'd, you know, be settling down. But, it, you know, met the love of my life. So, And uh, in the process, uh, my parents, like the bar manager in Oak Park, because my father still owns Fort Phil's in Oak Park, he was leaving. And my sister and my dad kind of sat me down. And, you know, they realized all the bar experience I've had. So they asked me to start running the bar over there. And so, of course, I'm starting to settle down, and uh, so I accepted, you know. And uh, so about, that was about five years ago, and since then, been married, two, two more kids. And uh, now me and my wife, we want to open up our own uh, cafe in Portage Park. Yeah. So I'm Not still, want to, but yeah, you're, you're, still want to. Yeah. We're in the process. Yeah. Yeah. We're, pretty soon, we're going to be inspected by the health department, building department's coming out. And so, like, you know, the, the, the show today is about preparation. So it's really, it's like, you know, just starting a restaurant, start, you know, leasing a place out, it's, it's hard to be prepared for that because I didn't know what to expect, yeah. you know. My dad could only tell me so much. Right. And so we kind of just started from square one, you know. And so and there was a lot of curveballs that were thrown our way, and there still are, yep. you know. And yep. uh, so we're just trying to grind it out with the city right now. We're, uh, so we're very close to inspections, so we should be having getting inspected, like, next month. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, and like, you know, with that, like, you know, we're trying to be prepared for everything. There's always, the always something new that comes up that we have to take What's care of. What's the name of it? It's uh, Junebug Cafe. Junebug yeah, Cafe. Where is it going to be located? It's uh, Portage Park. It's 4944 West Irving Park Road. It's uh, like right across the street from like Binney's and Culver's. Okay. Uh, yeah, Portage Park is an up and coming area, you know, okay. a lot of places coming in there. Awesome. Pretty close, like Logan Square, Old Irving. And so, and that's okay. also where our house is. Awesome. You know, raise our family there. So. Right. It's nice only fitting. Yeah. And then after Junebug, who knows? Like we, the end game is, you know, we want to do like a, a restaurant bar, but we decided to start small. Right. We want to put all of our eggs in one right. basket. So 
kind of, you know, it's kind of what my dad did as well, you know, in Oak Park. Little so, by little, yeah. yeah. Little by little. Brick little by, by brick, you build a brick house. Brick by brick, yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. You know, That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I, as long as I've known you, I've lived through all those pieces of his life, but I've never heard them all compiled. And so um, it, it's it's good to hear the grit behind that, right. the grind that was involved with that. Right, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. You know, and like, you know, at first, like I said, it was just necessity, and it turns out I grew to like, love the industry. You know, it was just more just to put food on the table at the time yeah. than, you know, like working with all the people and just the job itself. You know, right. it's like, oh, well, people are kind of digging awesome. me a little bit, you know, and I like them, and it was just yeah. it was great. It was a good fitting, you know, and I don't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. You know, you know I try to do try to do real estate at one point and yeah. it just wasn't just wasn't do, me you know just do the industry yeah. yeah that's awesome man thank you thank you for oh, sharing for having me. um for sure so jordan and and me and chris like we go way back me and jordan and my sister go further back because they're really close friends uh me and jordan i i mean we knew each other when he was younger so I, i'm excited to kind of hear your story and and like how you got to this space of, of food preparation. Yeah, so I mean, well, you know, we definitely started off, you know, I knew your sister, our parents knew each other since it's like two years old, swim class. So um, really what, uh, cooking was just like, it ended up just being something small for me. I was, you know, what is it? Like my fourth year, I was at Northern Illinois and living on my own and I'm just like, man, okay, first off, I can't get a meal plan anymore. Just can't uh, find someone in the dorms always to get food from. So I'm like, forget it, you know what? I gotta start cooking for myself. I'm like watching the Food Network all the time, you know. So then, um, just you know, trying little dishes here and there, checking out different seasons I never used before. You, know, you can only use salt, pepper, and Lowry seasoning, you know, so many times. So um, it just ended up just being something I just kept doing more and more. I do like little barbecues here and there for people that are on the, you know, right on the block um, in school. And next thing I know, I just started realizing that you know this was like a real passion for me, you know. And as of right now, it's been more of like a kind of like I do it. Outside of my work, um, out you know from dinner parties and like little small little get-togethers, um, but more now uh, since like I've been getting a lot of people like following me on Instagram and you know asking me to cook for them. You know I ended up just doing a baby shower not too long ago for a, a friend of the family, and then I've been doing like tailgates. Um, people you know let me know how many people they got, figure out a menu, customize it for you know what they want to do. And then now i um, got some buddies of mine, um, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Doss and uh, Darius Buford. We're trying to do a uh, basically like a dinner party. So we found some venues we can rent for a few hours, you know, sell tickets and then uh, provide like an entree and uh, free appetizers and like uh, all you can drink mimosas. So we're in the process of working on that right now. And it's just uh, it's like one thing I want to do instead of it being just a, like a hobby outside of work. I wanted to, you know, turn it into my career. So. Like right now, I just left uh, working customer service for Verizon Wireless, so I'm just in the process of now trying to transition. Um, would want to do my own food truck or even, you know, start like a little small little restaurant. Awesome, man. That's great, man. And I've, I, I've seen you go through a really, really amazing transition in the past three or four years, man. Um, I'm sure part of that is your little baby girl giving you a little motivation oh, yeah. and inspiration. Yeah, definitely. I mean... You know, my daughter Natalia, she just turned six on the 10th of May. So, I mean, definitely, uh, I mean, a lot of things weren't easy, you know, growing up. I did a lot of things that I wish I didn't do. And um, having her and even even just with cooking helped me turn a lot of things around and, you know, get me on the right path. Yeah, Awesome, man. Awesome. So here's another quote. And I, I'm, I'm a big quote guy because I, I believe that they provoke thought 
and and they really get people down. You know, I want to have some of my own quotes at some point. I'm, <laughs> right now, I'm gonna use Oprah Winfrey's. Uh, so she's the uh, richest woman that I I know that I've seen. In um, I believe luck is preparation meeting opportunity. If you hadn't been prepared when the opportunity came along, you wouldn't have been lucky. Um, Dom, just what what do you think about that statement and and just how it how it um how it makes you feel? Um, it helps because it kind of like aligns with how I think almost. So for me, um, it's like you never know when that opportunity is going to come, and if you're not prepared. You kind of just miss that opportunity. So the way I look at that quote and the mentality behind it is you always have to be prepared because you never know when an opportunity is going to come because it's something to ask for an opportunity. You can always ask for an opportunity, but it's not going to do everything for you. You still have to take some steps. You still have to be prepared somewhat. So when I hear that, that's what I think of with that quote. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I think the key, too, is if you don't have a vision – or, or a plan, per se, right? And not necessarily the plan developed, but a plan of where you're trying to go in an endpoint, you get all over the place, you know what I mean? And I, and I think that it's very hard to prepare for something that you don't know where you're trying to get, right? Stephen R. Covey says, begin with the end in mind, right? You can't prepare for something that you can't envision. So I think that's super important for anyone just starting off new in their career you don't necessarily have to know exactly what you want to be, right? Chris didn't know. Jordan didn't know, but they knew what they liked, mm -hmm. right? And they weren't making money for it right away. They were just grinding at it, right, oh, getting out yeah. there. I remember going out. Chris uh, laid out at the clubs, like, need to get people in. I'm promoting, right? right? I'm trying to learn this industry. Yeah. That was a little side job I did was club promoting. You a know? lot. Yeah. Yeah, right. I did a lot of that, right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, it was a big part of networking because, you know, the grand scheme of things, think in the back of my head, okay, I'm working at this, you know, really, really popular bar entitled at the time and, and you know, I was club promoting so I figured the more I network, I knew the end game, I wanted to own something, you right. know, so I figured if I just kept networking and just meeting people, knowing people, that that would be, you know, that would help. That, right. It definitely right. has. So, you know. And you can... You can meet people all day, right? People aren't going to feel your fire and your energy if you're not doing what you want to be doing. You can't right. give your best self to people as you go out there if you're not truly, you know, feeling what you're giving right. to them. So I think that's really important uh, as you do go network because you want to not, not only have them feel your energy, but have them feel positive energy right. that you're doing the yeah. right thing, you know. Jordan, you want to add anything to that? Um, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, like you were saying, you know, it's always just, you know, to be prepared, be ready, because um, you just never know what type of opportunities are going to come your way. So, I mean, I look at every day as a blessing, but just, uh, you know, you know, get that text message one day is like, hey, somebody, you know, recommended me or I saw your business card or um, I've been looking at your stuff on, online through social media on, on Instagram. Um, it's just, you know, it's always really good just to be ready and to be like, you know, hey, well, I got this menu. Or I got this idea. Or what can work for you? And it's just, you know. Always having just, um, you know, being on your game, you know, and, and yeah. you're doing something you love, it's, you know, makes it a lot easier because yeah. who doesn't want to do something they love every day? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so how do you prepare for life and death? Right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's such a, a fine balance there. Um, how do you do that? How, how do you... 
allow the preparation for death allow you to prepare for life? Anybody want to go ahead, Chris? My other thing is I'm thinking is like, you know, what are you living for? You know, what exactly are you living for today? You know, and for, you know, before like my kids, my kids are a blessing. They are. I was wild, super wild, as you know, you know, in high school. (laughs) Thank God every day I had Christopher, my my first son, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and that's what you're living for. You know, this is what I'm living for, putting food on the table, you know? Who knows where I'd be without, without him, you know, without that something to settle me down a little bit. So, you know, to answer that question, it's like really what, to me, it's what are you living for every day? Yeah, yeah. And so there's an article uh, by Mary Jaksh, J-A-K-S-C-H, and it is entitled How to Prepare for Life and Death. And she asks, how many of us can honestly say that we are prepared to die? To live a full and authentic life to consciously choose life, you must prepare for death. And so <laughs> I think when I, when I look at that and I look at um, knowing that tomorrow you could die, are you doing everything that you want to be doing today, right? And, and, and having that thought process of saying, man, if I, if I leave tomorrow, Am I going to leave happy? You know, and, and I think sometimes it's very hard to do that without a traumatic experience, right? Mm-hmm. Having a kid, pretty traumatic, right? It may not be negative trauma, but it's traumatic. Um, losing a loved one, you know, and I'm, I'll be very, very honest with y'all. I found out before I started this podcast that I got to get surgery in both my ears, uh, partial brain surgery, right? Anything could happen with that. Right. It's not right. It's not a bad anything bad. The risks are low, but the possibilities are endless. Right. So it got me thinking like, shit, am I doing everything I want to be doing if something should so happen in this surgery? And it's given me a little added boost of, hey, get it done. Like, stop bullshitting. Stop making excuses. Take responsibility for your actions and get it done. Um, But. I, I bring that back to the preparation piece. Curious, what was your answer when you asked yourself that question? Um, I think when I look at death, it allows me to be okay with what I'm doing, right? Because I, I say, holy crap, like what if something happens like, I want no regrets, and I want to be living my full, happiest life right now. So everything that I'm trying to do, I want to be doing it to the fullest, but exactly aligned with what I want and what I like and who I want to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, like, that, that gets tough, man, with family, with friends, uh, to have to decide to cut people off, to bring people in, like, who's going to be your circle? I'm trying to prepare my mind. For greatness and I'm not there I'm nowhere near close in my mind of what I want to be but I'm trying to prepare my mind for complete positivity around me so that I have full control right you're not going to be able to control everything but you could control your emotions for the stuff you can't control right and how you handle them so for me it's 
looking at it like, hey, it's your time to shine because what better time than now, right? And tomorrow may not come. So you may die, but how does that open your eyes up for what the possibilities are and what's holding you back? Mm-hmm. So I know that's the long-winded answer, but that, that's kind of the way that that's I look at it. Um, how, do you guys fear death when you, when you talk about preparing? I mean, I definitely fear death. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not something I always want to think about. I mean, I don't want to think about not being here, maybe, you know, be, be, like leave this earth before my parents, you know, leave my daughter, you know, leave the people I've met that, you know, that mean something to me. It's like, I know it's just it's something I always try to steer away from, but right. it's always a part of our lives on, on a daily basis. But it's like something I don't want to think about, though. Right. I mean, I don't want to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'd say, of course, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's, it's like there's a lot more things I, you, I want to do in life. You know, of course, I'm going to go back to the kids, too. I'm sure people without kids are like, oh, here we go, going back <laughs> to the kids. But that's just, just true. So yeah, yeah. I want to watch them grow up. I want to make sure they have a great life as well now. Like I said, you know, I was living for your kids. I'll, not for kids, but you know what I mean. But, but yeah, I, de- I fear death right now. As of right now, I would say I'm not ready to die. Yeah. Not, yeah. okay. Yeah. Before I answer that or comment on yeah. that, Dom. What do you think? Do you fear? Do you fear um, death? It kind of coincides with the last question. So I don't really fear death because I think about. Well, I have two la- school, two schools of logic. So the one I really align with is, when I think of death, it's like if I died, right now, or you know whatever, it'd be live. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, shout out. <laughs> that would be it. You know, like the way I look at it is like, I did everything I was meant to do in life. It's not. When I want to go, it's when I'm meant to go. That's how I look at it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, you know, I can't fear something that was meant to happen. And um, to go back to the other question, it's life and death. Like, how do you get through each one? I mean, I think about that on a daily because you just kind of have to, like, be prepared. You know, it could happen, and it gives you a boost to live life as well. It's like, you know, you want to spend more time with your family. You want them to know that you appreciate them. You want to spend time with your friends and there isn't a lot of hours in the day but there are enough to say like hey you know i respect you i appreciate you guys' company you know and that's it i like that man. i appreciate it um i, w- I was going to segue but he kind of covered it um yeah man I-, I think that if you're prepared and you're doing everything that you want to be doing i, I think there's a difference between fear and a little anxiousness or anxiety for the unknown. Um, But I think that the more things are known, the less fear we have. So you can never know, am I going to get hit by a car or not today? But you can know, are you investing? Do you have a will? If something happens to you, who's going to take care of your son, your family? Do you know what I'm saying? So I think there's things you can do to prepare that will allow you to reduce that fear of living, you know, so that you're not scared of dying. But again, I think it all comes to what are you doing right now to prepare yourself to die? Some people are already dead. They're like, they're not progressing in life. They're working a dead end job and they're working on dying and they're just putting food on the table, right? Then they have nothing to inspire them. They're just waiting to live life out more, right? right? And then there's some people like everyone in this room right now, that are preparing to live more than what they're doing right now. They're preparing 
to progress further in life. They're preparing to find more about what they're passionate about, right? And I think that that is the inspiration that a lot of young people out there need that are coming from some disadvantaged neighborhoods, right? That have not had to prepare for a career, prepare for a job interview, prepare for being social outside of their eight block radius. So I think, again, that's the goal here is to just to talk through these things on an open platform where people can try to relate to us. You know, we're not going to be relatable to everyone, um, but the hopes are we bring people are on that are relatable to the people out there uh, and that you know, just people can, can get a better understanding of how to deal with some of the challenges that they're going through. Again, thank you all. If you're on Facebook, we always appreciate you tuning in. If you're on Instagram, um, both. Follow, like, your passion, 1ST, on everything. Um, again, we have some business development going on in the backgrounds. We're trying to host our first Career Readiness Festival in June 2020. Um, a lot of work to be done to get there. I have some meetings set up coming up with uh, Greater Bronzeville, um, and they actually have a job fair tomorrow, if anyone is interested. Let me actually go through that. I'll say this again at the end, but Greater Bronzeville Career Fair is tomorrow. Uh, it's at the IBEW, which is International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. The address there is 2722 South King Drive. Um, again, have some meetings coming up with them. Um, have some meetings as well. Greater Inglewood Community Development Center. Um, a lot of community organizations, actually, let me pull this out while I have it here, because I know that Ms. Francine Washington, I have a meeting set up with her next week for the Central Advisory Council as well. So just some really good things happening in terms of uh, diving into some of the communities, finding out what some of the challenges are. Right, it's it's easy to think about going on the block and making three hundred dollars for one day. The challenge is, how do you dream to be able to make three hundred dollars an hour? Right, and there's people mm. out there that make that. Dom knows there's security people out there that make yeah. that. Right, so how do you change that mindset? Go on the block and get that short game, three hundred dollars a day. Or you can go in and grind and learn something and network, right, with the right people doing the right thing. And in five, ten years, you could be making $300 an hour if done the right way. But it all comes back to preparation, right? And what's your vision? What are you trying to get to? And how are you preparing yourself every day with the people that you're meeting, with the research that you're doing, and with what you're learning from those people, from the Internet, and from any books and podcasts and just any way you can soak up knowledge to prepare you. So um, let's flip back to another quote because I love quotes. <laughs> uh, so Ching Ning Chu, he's the author of a book called Do Less, Achieve More. He says, before the angel of success arrives in your life, you should devote yourself to preparing your welcome for her. Polish your craft and strengthen your body to be fit so that you can do your job and enjoy success when it comes. Sharpen your mind and spirit so they are ready to face the challenges that accompany 
a visitation from the angel of success. If you are not ready, when the angel knocks, she will flee. And who knows when she will make it back around to your door again. It's pretty deep, right? And again, it all comes back to that preparation piece. So anybody want to comment on that? I, mean, I think a good part of preparation, you know, that kind of follows that quote is, you know, just kind of start out and have a strong work ethic, be punctual, show up. Here's another quote, like I think is Woody Allen, 90% of life is just showing up. You know, uh, you know, even if you don't know what you want to do, show to work, you know, go to work on time, do your thing, work hard, just do the best you could possibly do. And then, you know, and hopefully those things, everything falls into place and the angel of success comes around and you're ready. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Things add up. I think people, again, the short game, the microwave state we live in, the immediacy that everybody wants, you got to give it time, right? You got to get into an environment and, and feel it out. Um, I, I had last Wednesday, I had 11 people start at a company and I lost three of them so far. They, they couldn't handle just showing up to work on time. Basic stuff. 90% is just getting there. Right? Just, right? Just don't lay in bed. Oh, I'm sick. Get up. Get there. Then tell me you don't feel like going back home and getting money. Right? By then you're there. You've gotten over the hurdle. Just work. Right. Right. Just, but show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, especially like now, like I ended up going from working customer service. I'm on the phones every day talking to customers. Then you get some irate, some, you know, happy to call in, someone just about their bill. But then now I ended up transitioning working for the attendance team and you just realize and see just how many people we go through and how many people we lose. And it's just from just not coming to work. I just wanna, you know, like forget it, I'm not gonna come in today. And it's like every year we start off and you get like this emergency sick time, it's like forty hours. You could find people that are about to run through that within the first two weeks of work. It's it's just crazy. And it's like now you get to what, June, July, the summertime, you definitely don't want to be at work. And it's like you ain't got no time. Like what you, you know, it's either gonna you're gonna have to come in, or you're gonna be fired because you know you're not gonna have any time to come to work. So it just blows my mind. And I'm like, I've been here eight years, and I mean, I've never ran out of time. I know I know everyone's got their own you know personal life things going on, but it's like you can just see like people just don't want to come in. But it's also like, are they doing what they want to do, or do they have things that they want? You know, yeah. other obligations. I mean, I got priorities. I got bills. I got mortgage. I got things I gotta do. But I'm gonna do that. I'm going to do what I want to do also. So it's like what priorities do you have to, you know, keep yourself going? Yeah, right. Sure, man. That's awesome. So let's go over a few things that we want to get out there um, that can help people prepare a little bit more. And what I'll do is I'll just throw some topics out. And then whoever wants to say something on the topic, and then, Kush, you guys are more than welcome to just put your hand up and you guys are feel free to jump in. Um and let's, let's just speak openly about them, about what we think about them. And we've been, I've been harping on this one, and I harp on this one with every single episode because the name of my company is Your Passion First, and the name of the podcast is Principles of Passion, right? How do you create a clear vision of what you want to achieve? I would say uh, it's nice to have a lot of thoughts and it's nice to know what you want to do, but don't overdo yourself. Don't get all these ideas going to the point where you burn out 
and you're like, wow, this is a lot more than I thought. And then you instantly give up before you even gave it that try just because you bombarded your own self with all those thoughts and steps to get to that goal you were trying to get to. It's, you know, it's follow that. It's just kind of like, like baby steps, you know. My, my, actually, I think I came up with this quote. Maybe somebody else did. It's like, try to do everything. You try to get everything done at once. You get nothing done. You know, you gotta start with baby steps. You gotta, you gotta start with the process. Don't try to do everything at once because nothing will get done, you know, and you're just gonna drive yourself crazy. So you really just gotta, you know, put, you gotta write it down on a piece of paper, you know, to-do list every day. Just get that one thing done. And just keep on moving, keep on grinding. and yeah, Life in increments. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Life in increments. Love it, baby man. Steps. Love yeah. It. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm terrible with trying to figure out what I'm thinking in my head at all times. Like, I got so many different ideas so many different things I want to do, and it's like, like you were saying, I have to write them down. I got to write a list. If I'm trying to think of, like, a new dish, like, I got to write the ingredients down. I got to figure out what I want to do, and, and it's just, like, the easier I can write it down and then look at it instead of trying to think about it in my head is the better. Yeah, yeah. I know one thing that helps me is absolutely writing it down. I use my notes page on my phone, and I have everything on one page of to-dos. Right, and it's separated, like right away to do's, uh, nonprofit to do's, for profit to do's, miscellaneous. And I think of an idea, boom, I put it there right away. One other thing that helps me, and it's funny, <laughs> I've been called chaotic twice in the past two days. And I had to say, but I had to say, am I chaotic? And I was like, you're fucking right, I am. I am chaotic. <laughs> I am, right? And so I had to think of what that means, though, and what the negative pieces are of it and what the positive pieces are. It's negative if there's no plan in place, right? Because I have all these ideas going on, and it's very positive because it does give me so, much, so many ideas and so much. I have to get better at preparing. Um, and, and I think a, a good way that I've put in some processes is, A, to work with people that help me with that. Be to listen to people and people's ideas and tell someone what I'm going to do, right? Whether it's a mentor, a mentee, a supporter, if you're gonna write down a plan, go and tell one person that you're close with that's gonna be your supporter, right? And that's how the vision starts to be created. You know, me and Denora were the first ones. We created this with Dom. Dom was my mentee, right? And I went to those people to tell my plan, right? Yep. And now the plan has just grown. We didn't even know we were going to do festivals. We were like, how do we pay for this? Because I ain't got the money to keep coming <laughs> out of my pocket. Right. So how do we pay for it? If we're going to go ask for money, what are we asking for money for? To come watch our pocket? I mean, come right. on. Let's All be real. Right. I'm not the greatest talk. I'm just saying, <laughs> right? So how, but how do we create a plan with all the chaos in a startup mm -hmm. to align with what we're all passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there can be chaos, but you need people. Arlene, I love you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Arlene's director of partnerships and training. She has to deal with Kendra, thank you. They got to deal with my chaos. I have to work on having better processes and better preparation so that the chaos is organized. So, um, Act as if you're already a success. Confidence is huge, especially in, you know, in our industry. You know, 
uh, big term. I mean, I'm sure if you've worked in the industry, which you have, you know, fake it till you make it. You know, yeah. uh, just just try to be as confident as you can, especially while you're actively working. Like say, I'm working at the restaurant. You know, be confident in your knowledge of the product that you're selling, product, and just you know, confident in just everything that you do. So that statement, just I just be I, confident. just be confident. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. hold your shoulders high. Yeah, I mean, it could be like the first dish, and I like the first time I ever made it, and I'll give it to someone, and I'm over here nervous. I'm like, man, I don't know if they're gonna like it. I don't know if it's gonna be something they want. And then they'll be like, man, this is amazing. And I'll be like, man, they've been like, how long you been making this? I'll be like, oh yeah, I've been making this for years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how I just started for the first time. I think it was like, how would I ended up making a risotto? I was like, I ended up. I'm over here. I never done it. I've always wanted to do it, and I'm over here watching uh, a video on uh, the Food Network channel, Giada, and I'm just watching. Okay. Okay, cool. I know what to do. And I do it, gave it to some people to try it out. They're like, man, that's the first time I had risotto. This is amazing. It's creamy and, and delicious. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing this. You know, I've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Show me your pocketbooks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, man, it's like when you, you know, it just worked out. So, yeah, that's cool, man. Good stuff. Um, you guys want to add anything? Kush, Anna, you guys good? Um, I, I like the term fake it till you make it. The only problem I have with it, and it's funny, I think when we first started our company, it was going to be forging future employees. We changed it to uh, connecting aspirations to opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. The wording. When I hear fake it, I don't Lack ever want to fake anything. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. I don't right, exactly. works, mm -hmm. right? I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But when I don't know what I'm doing, I want to make sure that I ask questions. I don't want to mm -hmm. fake it through that. I want to get uh, absolute clarity in those times when I'm a little unsure. So I get it. The confidence needs to come out, but there also needs to be that confidence to know when you don't know something and you're willing to go to your support system and say, hey, listen, I think I did this right, but can you, can you check for me? Or if you don't know something, try and come with solutions of what you think it might be. Don't just play, hey, can you tell me how? Bro, G-O-O-G-L-E. That's what I'm going to say. Right? So try and figure it out first. Come with mm -hmm. solutions. It's a process, though. So yeah. Yeah. you're going to start somewhere. It yeah, just depends absolutely. on what you want to do with it. So here's another one. Again, we're talking about things you can do to prepare more. Have something at stake, right? Uh, in order to succeed, sometimes you need a fire under you, right? Like my son, that's something mm. at stake. Yeah. I, mean, mm. I need to, mm. I got to fend for him and me now. It's not just me, because if I'm out on the street, it is what it is. If I'm supposed to be taking care of someone and that's my responsibility, and they're out on the street, that's, that's too much for me to bear. I'm going to get you done, right? mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, what do you guys have to say about that one, about having stake in the game? So I don't want to work for somebody else. I want to work for myself. You know, that's, that keeps me motivated. I was like, I know I'm, I'm working, you know, day on day, come in, do work for somebody else, but I want in the end, I want to work for myself. Like, I mean, my daughter's another stake I have, but my, 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 like my, my mental state is something I worry about, like I, I think about, and what's going to make me happy is being, you know, being my own boss. I like that. Um, I think there's a lot of ways you can put state. There's self-esteem, money, reputation. There's a lot of things you can do to, to put stake in the game. 
um, again, to that point of going and telling someone about what your plan is. That's stake in the game. That's your reputation you're putting on the line. You know what I'm saying? So you want to hold true to that if you're a person of your word. You know? Good, good, good stuff. I'll ask this question to the group. So what are ways that you can plant seeds for future success? You can plant in other people. I'm, well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, no, I mean, yeah, you can plant in other people that helps you motivate. Like you know, if there's a close friend, family that you have, you know, are, what's the, what are things that they can contribute to help you stay motivated? Because I mean, not everyone that's successful did it all on their own. They had people in their corner. They had people helping them, keep them motivated, keep them, uh, keep that passion, keep them driven to do better. So it's like you could plant seeds in other people to then you know help you out in your end game. Right. Uh, poor Phil's, you know, Park, you know. You know, when I train people behind the bar, you know, it's five years ago. I've worked with a lot of these people for just about five years. And, you know, their bar knowledge has gone up significantly, you know. And so now they could pretty much go off and run their own bars, you know. So that's just kind of just like, you know, just passing down, playing it forward, in other words. You know, passing the torch, playing it forward. Uh, helping. Yeah, just helping. Helping out. Yeah, helping yeah. out. Right, exactly. Just give knowledge when you have it, you know. That's it. Just, and that's, we had an episode creating value and just, you know, you have to just give some of yourself to someone mm -hmm. and that plants a seed. Right. I love it. Um, we did create a whole episode on create value, so I'm going to skip that one. But here's another one. Um, know that what you focus on expands. So stop focusing on your set. How powerful is that? That's powerful. Right? Like, if you mm -hmm. think about something, that intensity is going to grow. Right? So if you're thinking about things that happened in the past, then that's all you're going to think about. If you're thinking about the present and it's shitty, you're going to be shitty. If you're thinking about the future and it's shitty, you're going to be shitty. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about the present and it's shitty, and you're thinking positive, it's going to be positive. It's right. going to give you a different mindset. So I think it's really important um, how you really let certain pieces of information come in, get filtered, and leave. Because uh, that focus is going to be your detriment. You know, I find myself uh, dwelling there a little bit when I have to deal with certain issues surrounding uh, my son, his mother, but that's life. Uh, lover for giving me an awesome son, but I think there's always miscommunication when there's separation. So I think it's just about trying to get through to the heart of that. You know what I mean? Tangent. Sorry. Thanks for listening. Next one. What are ways to release? And we talked about this one a little bit, but fear of failure. It's just a part of life. You're, you're going to fail. If you go in there thinking you're going to succeed the first I think we talked about this as well in one of the episodes. If you go in there thinking that you're going to succeed the first time, you're going to be devastated and probably never try it again. When it's just part of life. You have to try and fail to understand when you come back again, you're going to come back better with more knowledge. It's just all trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Gents, anything? I mean, hey, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, just having the mind frame of, you know, this can work out good, this can work out bad. But, I mean, at least you, you tried it. I mean, I'm in the process of 
doing this dinner party, uh, well, this like brunch, um, and I've never done anything like this before. And I mean, yeah, in the back of my mind, it's, you know, the idea of thinking that, you know, it may not work out, you know, we may not get a lot of people, but it's at least like we put the effort in, we tried it, you know, I stepped out of my comfort zone and it's like, it's something that helped me continue just to build into building my own brand and build my own business. And, you know, sometimes you're going to, you know, fall, you know, there's plenty of people that, you know, messed up and look at them now, you know, they're successful and they at least then have that knowledge of like, okay, this failed, I did this way. Now I got to figure out another game plan and figure out something different to move forward. That's pretty much what both of you guys said. That was, that was great. I think the the hardest part of failing is to get back up when you're failing at something you don't want to be doing. You know what I mean? Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that are working jobs they don't want to be doing and not following their passion. I think we all have to start at some point working a job that's not our dream job. Anyone that ever just started out with their dream job, I'm like, man, show me how to do that, man, honestly. Man, no. So I think that there is that balance of forgetting about what is putting food on the table, per se. Mm -hmm. Can't forget about it, but not letting that be your end goal yeah. and letting that passion be your end goal because if that happens, this will come. Right, But if you're always chasing this, let's say you lose a job, and that's what you were chasing the whole time. Someone just took away the only thing that you have. If you're chasing your passion, no one can ever take that away from you. On your worst day when you're trying to wake up in the morning, you don't want to get up, that is what's going to motivate you, the fact that you're doing what you want to be doing. So I think people should, uh, should just start just thinking about that, man. I just see so many people that are working jobs that they're not. They're coming home, they're complaining, right? There's a difference between complaining and critiquing or solution solving. Are you bitching about it or are you talking about how to solve the problem and make it better? You know what I mean? I see a lot of people doing the former. You know what I mean? So that's just my take on it. Um, here's one. What are ways that you honor your worth? Tough one, man. It's a tough one. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll intro in on that one. Um, first of all, you have to ask yourself, what is your worth? I think. Um, I think some people feel like their worth is very low, um, and almost non-existent because of either a, the situations they put themselves in the neighborhoods they've come from where there's been very low expectations or the people around them that have held them down. And so I think what I look at is first of all, digging deep and realizing that you are fucking something, right? You are something and you are somebody and you are a person that has unique talents. You may not know what they are, but you are something and you do have value. So you just may not know what that is right now, but you have it. And so I think that is first, right? You can't honor to anyone else out there until you honor your own self and your own worth first. So I think that's what I look at for me is how do I wake up every day and do what I say I'm going to do to myself, right? How do I work out when I say I'm going to work out? 
How do I pick my son up at, on time when I say? How do I get him there? How do I get to his T-ball, right? How do I get to the PTO meeting? How do I get to work, right? right? Last night, I had to drive my son to meet my new staff of 10 at 10.30 at night while my son's knocked out in the car. I got to do what I got to do, right? But I said I was going to do it, so I did it. I didn't make it. I couldn't get a babysitter. I didn't make excuses, right? Mm -hmm. That's how I value my worth is by being a man of my word and doing what I say I'm going to do and telling people how I can help their situations. Right. Sometimes I do that too much. I talk too much, right? But I always want to help is the most important thing. That's how I value my worth. Um, and yeah, so I'll leave it open. For I think you. a lot of that just has, to, has to do with confidence as well. Just know you're smart enough, know you're good enough, you know. Um, like I said, you know, just now just from opening this place, you know, we've gone so far. It's been almost, it's been like eight months. Just seeing everything that we've gotten done is just, you know, it's kind of pat your, me and my wife, pat ourselves on the back. We've yep. got a lot done. Yeah. You know, we're like, wow, if we can make it this far, you know, let's just keep keep yep. doing this and let's just keep, you know, we just know that we can do it. Just yep. keep having faith in yourself and just keep yep. having that confidence. And hopefully that takes you, you know, because we are smart enough. We are yep. good enough. Yeah. So. And the key is, listen, if you're aligned with your passion, there's no hopes about it. You're going to get there. It's just a matter of time, right? Because each failure is a learning step for you. It's like, boom, I failed, but I learned eight things. I met five people right. that are going to get me eight steps ahead. So, But if you're not aligned with that vision, then that failure sucks because you're not getting back up and realigning with anything. Right, exactly. You know I hope mean? you so, learn something from that, yeah. too. You just got to keep, keep going time. after it. You know? Every time. And, like, kind of something you were just saying, like, like, at one point, like, I was ended up, uh, like, I just had a lot of things, like, mentally, like, I just need, I knew I had to work out, but I wasn't doing it. So I ended up using my passion to kind of, to mask it. So I just started cooking, like, all the time, and I'm making different dishes. I was doing, like, I did a meal prep for somebody, like, I would do five dishes in one night, and then, and bring it to them the next day, and then I'm doing this for, like, ten people. And it's like, I kept using that as a, as a way to, to mask how I was feeling on the inside. Not mask. Man. Is it, it's masking, but it's finding a way to find calmness yeah. in your struggles. But it was also like I wasn't like I wasn't dealing with the issues though either. Okay. Fair and enough. so then it's not like I ended up taking like a whole month of just focusing on myself. And then it's like it's just like kind of re-energizing me. It's making me realize what I was doing wrong, what I was unhappy with. And now it's like, you know, now I'm ready to like get back into continue building on what I want to do and with my passion. But it's like I had to take that time to kind of better understand me and what I want to do and just the things that I wasn't happy with to kind of just re-energize myself. Incremental. Incremental. Take a bite off, reassess, and then realign your life, right? Follow that passion, but sometimes you need time to digest your progress, right? Mm -hmm. To know what you went through, give yourself a little pat on the back, okay, and then use that as your motivation to push you through the next challenge that you're going to go through. Uh, but it takes time to do that and to deal with getting that negative old ways out and letting the new ones creep in. Right? It takes a while to build a habit. Right, exactly. And you got to get rid of some old to get to the good. But there's that time frame where you do start to question yourself a little bit. Right? The key is keep going. Mm -hmm. right? keep, don't, don't question yourself. Push through. We all have to push through that. Again, a lot harder to push through if you're not aligned with your passion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what are ways 
that you can take responsibility for yourself as you prepare. What are ways you can take responsibility for yourself in terms of preparation? I mean, you could always just, you know, you know, kind of uh, like we were talking about, you know, getting uh, those ideas out on, like you got on your notes uh, on a piece of paper and just, are you meeting what you want? Like, are you setting timetables that you want to mm -hmm. that you want to make sure you're you're completing? Are you, you know, continuing to to grow? Are you continuing to you know better yourself and get yourself in the right direction? So I guess it's more of like you're putting you know putting yourself on on trial of realizing, hey, am I doing what I'm supposed to? And and just kind of you know having a, a full understanding of what you want to do, um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, are you motivating yourself, you know, because it was about, like I said, eight months ago we put a lease out in this place and it's been done for a while, but it's just hard to stay motivated and stay on top of it, even though we're waiting for inspections and stuff, but all these things take time. Yeah. But it's just like, are you like, what are you doing to, you know, what am I doing right now to make myself motivated every day to get, you know, get this place off and running? Yeah. Which it gets kind of hard, don't get me wrong, you know, there's days where you're just like, you're just like, oh, is this ever going to happen? Yeah, like, gonna happen. Another cancellation. You want to right? give up, you yeah. just want to just like forget about it, you know, yeah. but but then you just got to stay on the grind. Like, no, you know, you got to do this. You got to stay motivated. You just got to, like I said, you'll keep taking those baby steps. Do a little bit at a time every day. Even if you have no time to do it, yeah. just do that one little thing. Just get it out of the way. And, you know, hopefully yeah. at the end, everything works out. Yeah. One thing I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, man. And it, I keep, because I love the increment, live life in increments. I love that because it all kind of dives into everything you guys were saying. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Dom, did you want to add anything? Um, no, I'm okay. Thank you. Cool. Um, I know one thing that's helped me as I'm starting to prepare for the greatness that I want my son to be, that I want to be, um, is in terms of taking responsibility, when someone tells me something, I don't care if it sounds the most off the wall thing that I've heard this year. I still try and find truth in it. Mm-hmm. Right, especially as it relates to either A, something I said, B, something I did, or C, something I reacted to. Right, because you can always think how you're being perceived, but if you don't listen to your support system and people around you that are telling you how they're receiving you, there's disconnects. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I have someone on a job right now that knows he's standoffish, but that thinks that the company doesn't know how to deal with introverts the right way. It's like, bro, <laughs> bro, really? You, you know what I mean? Like, so you again, not to laugh at it, but you're you're telling me th that something someone is telling you and how you're coming off is wrong, yet you're agreeing with me. You're standoffish with things. A lot of people want to blame somebody else. For, right. You they know, want to blame uh, other people mm -hmm. instead of taking responsibility for what it is you have control over. Right. right? I don't care what you think. If they're saying something, that's what they're perceiving. So fix it if you want to stay there. Right? Otherwise, you won't be there. Right? You can always want to be yourself. But if you're going into an environment where you're affecting others, then you need to make sure that you're affecting them in a positive way. And that doesn't mean changing who you are. It means being a chameleon in that environment and adapting to it 
and, and making sure that you're treating everyone respectfully. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I take responsibility. I try and accept when people are telling me I'm chaotic. You're right, I am. But what am I doing to control that chaos? Hmm. I hired an organizer. Hmm. I hired interns to do some of the other stuff. Hmm. I got other people helping over there. Right, so I am chaotic. How do I how do I fix that? Right, how do I make it more controlled? I take responsibility for what I am, and then I take responsibility for what I can do about it. Cool. Um, let's start to wrap it up, Chris. One more time, I want you to just tell us about the current uh, restaurant. Right, low promo. Your new restaurant. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we are. Junebug Cafe, located in Portage Park, 4944 West Irving Park Road. You could catch us online at uh, JunebugChicago.com or uh, Junebug Chicago on Facebook as well. What kind of food right out? We're going to do a French Creole style. So we're going to do, like, I don't know if you've been to Cafe Du Monde in New Orleans. You know, it's going to be, like, frozen cafe au lait, beignets, meat pies, boudin balls. Uh, you know, and that's just to start with right now. We're going to start a little smaller. But, uh, awesome. but, yeah, come out. We'll be open soon, and can't wait to see you. Awesome. Jordan, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can always you can reach me out, uh, check me out on my Instagram. It's uh, j.o. and then n and then the kitchen. So j o in the kitchen. Um, Say that one more time for us. So it's j.o. and then n and the kitchen. So j o in the kit in in the kitchen. Um, if you look at it, it looks like John in the kitchen, but my nickname is uh, j o. Buddy gave it to me. I've been rolling with it ever since. So um, just check me out on Instagram. And what kind of what's your favorite food to prepare if you have? Um, if I had to choose, I would say maybe my uh, crawfish and shrimp Alfredo or my uh, Philly cheesesteak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are we yeah, eating right. tonight, dog? Right? <laughs> I'm a little hungry right now. Uh, no, that's great, man. That's great. I really, just really, really can't say enough from the bottom of my heart, you know, to you and to every guest that comes on. But uh, when, it, when it's people that are close to me like this, uh, it just feels so much better. Um, and yeah, just thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks for you. having me. Yeah. I appreciate thank it. You. Um, so again, Greater Bronzeville Career Fair is tomorrow, Wednesday, May 22nd. It starts at 10 a.m., goes till 2 p.m. I wish I could make it. I was supposed to be there. Kathy, I'm sorry. We got a lot of work with this new class, and we got to onboard a new class next week. Uh, but I think her and I are catching up on Thursday anyway. Um, that's all we got. The one thing I always like to leave it with and, and just the spirit of principles of passion is, is that you got to remember, if you don't put your passion first, you can't follow your dreams. Principles of passion.